What is up? Some of you may recognize today's episode because you've been with us since way back, way, way back since the first podcast, which was in April 2021. Because for the next few weeks, the rest of December and the first week in January, we're going to play some classics, some oldies, but some goodies, some, some favorites because it's the holiday season. Take a little break. Let the Holy Spirit refuel me, recharge me, and hopefully I come back with some fire. Now, in the next few weeks, these episodes, they might not even have the video. So I'm sorry you won't be able to see the bald and the beautiful and the pearly whites. It's probably just going to be an audio, but it might be a video with that. But we're going to play some episodes that have been favorites, episodes that really have resonated with people, episodes that hopefully continue to encourage you and, and to bless you. And you can always go back and just check out some other episodes, too. But um, today's episode, today's episode, today's episode is called Who Looks Out for the Strong? And the reason this is one of the favorites for a lot of people is because a lot of you are very strong. You're the one that your family members look to. You are the one that are considered leaders. You are the one that people are constantly leaning on. So it's like, who looks out for you? So this was an episode that resonated with a lot of people and was their favorite because we, we look at Jesus. And I want you just to check out today's episode. Who looks out for the strong? Nope. We don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. This is the non-microwave truth, and I am C.L. Whiteside. Second episode of the new year. Let's get into it. First world problem question today. Be real with yourself. Don't lie. You don't got to lie to kick it. Can you put your phone down? Like if you're waiting in the line, can you just sit there? Or do you have to get on your phone to check some emails or check Snapchat or watch a reel or, or text someone? Can you put your phone down? And if Jesus was in our world today walking around, would he be able to put his phone down? I think that's an absolutely, an absolute yes. He would be able to put his phone down. But can you put your phone down? And if you can't, why not? Why is that? And I think you got to realize we are trained to be on our phones 24-7, every vibration. Ooh. What's that? What's going on? Looking around. Yeah. But first world problem question today, a little more personal. And I want you to think about yourself. Can you put your phone down? How long can you put your phone down for? Can you do it for a few minutes? Can you do it for half an hour? Can you do it for an hour? Could you go a whole day without touching your phone? I know you can't do that. I know you can't do that. I, I think I can do. Oh, I know I can do a few hours. I left my phone home the other day and it felt it felt great. It felt awesome. But what if someone needs to get a hold of you? Too bad. Too bad. This is our first word problem question today, though. Can you put your phone down? How long can you put your phone down for? And do you think Jesus would be able to put his put the put his phone down? I say that's an absolute yes. He would easily be able to put his phone down and do the father's work. Remember, I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife23. And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Who Looks Out for the Strong? Now, I know a ton of people who are the rocks of their families. I know a bunch of people who others come to for advice. I know a bunch of people who are in leadership positions. I know a lot of people who are considered strong, the one that people turn to. 
So many people expect you to be strong. And so many can lean on you. But who do the strong have to lean on? Have you ever thought about that? Like that person you feel like is so strong. Who do they have to lean on? Who counsels the counselor? When everyone is expecting you or that person to be strong, to be bulletproof, to be the one to hold everything down, who can that person be vulnerable with? Who can you be vulnerable with if you happen to be that rock and that strong person? When can you let your guard down and when can you be human? I'm talking to the people that are strong. And I know some of y'all listen to this podcast today. You're strong. You're the one that people look to a lot of times. You have a lot of burdens, a lot of responsibility that you are carrying. Who looks out for you, though? Now, this is an episode for the strong. This is an episode to evaluate how you handle everything, whether you think you are strong or whether you're like, no, I'm pretty weak. I can't do it. This is an episode for you to think about who are you turning to? This is an episode to think about how can you become even stronger? How can you become even stronger? Challenge number one for you. The people you know who are strong, the people that are deemed as strong, check on them. Ask them, is there anything you can pray for them? See if there's any way that you can help them. And shout out to the people that check on me, man. I appreciate that. You know, sometimes you get to, you ask people like, how are you doing? And you can kind of tell by the answer. Sometimes you got to pry a little bit. Like, well, what do you mean by that? Why is it just fine? Are you sure you good? You didn't sound good when you said that. And the reason we deem people as strong is because it's like, man, they can handle any and everything. They had to deal with this and they still look tough. They still look strong in that situation. This person never gets tired. No, every, everybody does. And we really have to look out for those that we, we deem as strong and we call strong. And just thinking about this real quick, why do the strongest people get overwhelmed? They get overwhelmed because they don't have a chance to recharge. They don't have a chance to prepare. They get bad news after bad news and have to deal with more people's mess and more burdens that they have to carry and be a cross bearer for someone. They get tired from making decisions. They get drained from making decision after decision. They get drained from having to defend certain things. Now, we got to look at the strongest person ever. The strongest person ever, the best counselor, the best doctor, the best one to ever lean on. Who looked out for him? You know who I'm talking about? Jesus. Who looked out for Jesus? Who counseled Jesus? How did Jesus get energy from other people who were constantly asking him to do this miracle and to feed me this and tell me why this and explain that? Like, how did Jesus do this? Because we forget Jesus was God, but Jesus was also a man. And being a man meant he dealt with some of the same things that we deal with. And we got to learn from Jesus, though. Who looks out for the strong? That's a good question, right? Like, who does the doctor go to when the doctor's not feeling well? Who does the counselor go to when a counselor needs counseling? And what we see with Jesus, there are so many times in the Bible where it says Jesus withdrew. Jesus was in solitary. Jesus went by himself. Jesus got him some alone time, alone time with the Heavenly Father. And we're going to look at that today. And this is something that we can model and we can practice. And what we see with the strong, the people that we deem as strong, they have a lot to handle because they're getting called on a lot. A strong person is always getting called on where somebody needs something from them. They need some advice. They need them to make a decision on this. And we learn that Jesus had to withdraw sometimes. Luke chapter 5, verse 15. 
it says, yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and be healed of their sickness. Jesus was just healing people of leprosy. And then it goes on to say, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. When is the last time you withdrew to a lonely place and just prayed? Not with your phone, not with the TV on, but you went all alone and just prayed. And just prayed. When is the last time? Have you ever done it? Now, something else that makes the strong strong is their ability to, to focus. But how do you truly focus? What is the best way to optimize your focus? Let's look at what Jesus did. Jesus prays in a solitary place. Earlier in Mark chapter one, Jesus had healed many people. He drove out impure spirits. He called his first disciples. He announced the good news and he got baptized and he was tested. So all this just took place. The next day he wakes up and the first thing he does is he goes and he prays. It says in Mark chapter one, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. You, you notice with that, they had to go look for him because he wasn't in a place where he could easily be disrupted. He was getting his prayer. And it says, and when they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. And just remember, solitary means alone. Some of us can't stand to be alone. But what we see with Jesus is he was alone, but he had his heavenly father there. He just didn't have another person there to whisper or to distract him or to get him off task. And one of the things about being alone and being intentional of making time for God, for our heavenly father, for the spirit to talk to you is because God has specific messages for you. Messages that don't have anything to do with anyone else that sometimes can get muffled or sometimes you just completely miss them because you worried about another person when you should be focusing on the spirit speaking to you. Focus on the heavenly spot, father laying down his path. Now, another thing that we can learn from Jesus is that the strong, no matter how strong you are, if you are a man, if you are a human being, you will need to recharge. And we are taught in our culture to recharge and to energize by turning the TV, watch a Netflix series, be entertained. Smoke a little bit of this, drink a little bit of that. That's how you get recharged. But it doesn't work. You take a vacation, you need a vacation from your vacation because you've been trying to recharge with the wrong things. Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 32 tells us, recharge by getting alone and being intentional to talk to your heavenly father. This is when Jesus has sent his disciples out. They had been teaching and doing a whole bunch of things that God allowed them to have the power to do, drive out demons, heal people. And God, Jesus said to them, you need to go get some rest. You need to go to a quiet place and get some rest. That's how you truly get recharged. And the funny thing about this is you have to take the rest when you can and when you're given the opportunity. Because before you know it, when you're a person that others are counting on, what's going to happen eventually? People are going to need you and be counting on you again. So when you can take that rest, you got to rest the right way. You got to get your quiet place they did it in a boat. They went on the boat and with the water, you know, and then before you know it, they needed them like they need you. So don't be afraid to be alone with your heavenly father and to recharge that way. That is a great way that we see that Jesus recharges and encourages his disciples to recharge. And you wanted his disciples. So that's for you to do as well. And on this episode of who looks out for the strong, this is a key 
or a major or big point that really struggle or really can be a struggle for those who are strong is when they are they get some bad news and they need to grieve. Like, how do the strong grieve? Do they even have time to grieve? Uh, People turn to the bottle then. People turn to bad relationships. People turn to drugs or people just say, you know what? I am going to bulldoze through this grief and never take any time to actually grieve. Matthew 14 verse 13 tells us when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. And some of you may be wondering, like, what just happened? Why was Jesus in a place where he needed to grieve? His cousin, the prophet John the Baptist, had just been beheaded. And he had got the news that King Herod killed John the Baptist for no good reason. And that was somebody he loved. That was someone who was who was giving him giving him his flowers while he was alive telling people that he's the Messiah, telling people that he was the one that he's not even worthy to tie his shoes. So when his cousin, when his friend, when his prophet dies, Jesus needed to grieve. Jesus needed to get away. And he did this. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. And my guess is he was praying. He was asking the heavenly father for strength. He was asking the heavenly father for guidance. He was asking to be spirit led. Jesus was making sure that he turned to the right things. And something that we admire about the strong or why we deem people strong is their ability to make decision after decision. People come to them constantly and they have to give counsel and people come to them for this or people come to them for that and their ability to make decisions. But how do you do this the right way? How do you do this the God pleasing way? Because some people you ask them something, they'll be like, well, what's your sign? Oh, you a Scorpio? Okay, I understand. Oh, you a Leo. You a Gemini. And they might turn to astrology or they might turn to horoscopes. But in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, we're going to look at what did Jesus do? And he had to make plenty of decisions. And he was making one of the, the biggest decisions in his ministry. He was choosing the 12 disciples. It says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. But wait, did y'all catch that? Jesus spent the night praying to God. I remember, man, family prayer sometime. My mama would pray for like 20 minutes and me and my brother be looking at you like, oh, mama, hurry up, dude. You praying too long. How long did Jesus pray? Jesus prayed the night. This was a big time decision. What do you do when you have to make a big time decision? What do you do? What do you do when you have to make any decision, a decision that you feel is small or a decision that you feel is big? We learn from Jesus that we should go to prayer. We should get along with our Heavenly Father and go to prayer. Now, my guess is, especially since Jesus is a man, and if, if I was in his position, I would be feeling a lot of pressure if I was in Jesus' position. Because Jesus had just offended the traditions of the religious leadership. The religious leadership was trying to tell him what he could and couldn't do on the Sabbath. And he had to just flat out tell him like, hey, I am Lord of the Sabbath. Go read about that in Luke chapter six. And then on top of this, Jesus had a lot of people following. He had great crowds that followed him, but they weren't always interested in spiritual things. And those crowds could be turned against Jesus because they wanted Jesus to be a bread king or a political king. And that's not what he was here for. 
So when you think about this, in response to the different pressures that Jesus is facing, he secluded himself and made sure that he prayed. We know that Jesus constantly prayed or he was constantly in communication with the father on what his will was. But for this particular need, he went out to the mountain to pray. And I want to point that out, too. It's something about Jesus going in, in nature. When we go out to the water or we go out to a mountain or we're in a garden, we can look at it and be like, man, our great God created all of this. Our great God is in control of all of this. Like, that's amazing. And a scholar said this. He said, Jesus, therefore, to prevent interruption, to give himself the opportunity of pouring out his whole soul. And Jesus didn't want to do this or Jesus didn't do this to say, hey, I want to attract people to say, look how good I am because I'm praying. But Jesus knew this was an important decision. These were the dudes who were going to carry on his ministry. These were the dudes who were going to spread the gospel to all the nations. This was big. This was real big. So if you want to get stronger, get alone and pray, especially for any and every decision. Pray about it. Come to God. Be alone. Find a place of solitary. Find a mountain, especially if you somewhere where the weather is real nice. I couldn't go to a mountain right now. I'll be freezing. My, my ball head to be cold as ever. But you get the point. Find a place. Create a place in your home where you can go and pray. And we see there's another reason that Jesus was so big on getting a place of solitary and praying. Because he realized that we're going to get attacked as Christians and we need to be equipped and we need to be ready. And before the crucifixion in the Garden of Gethsemane, this is in Matthew chapter 26. This is in Mark chapter 14. And this is in Luke chapter 22, verse 39 to 46. He warns his disciples. He tells the disciples, pray, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. He knelt down and he prayed. And you know what the father did? Jesus was the only person, the only human being there. But the father sent an angel to strengthen him. The heavenly father can do the same thing for us. We might not see the angel, but you better believe he can strengthen us and he wants to strengthen us. So rather you think you're going to get attacked or not, if you are a Christian, you will be attacked. The devil is going to go to God and say, let me, let me tempt him. Let me get a hold of him. And on this episode of Who Looks Out for the Strong, I have a challenge for you. The challenge is this. Find an accountability partner. So find a partner who's willing to do this with you and just spend 10 minutes, 10 minutes a day, all alone, no interruptions, no phone. And you just be still and you just pray. But you got to pick a place that has no possible distractions and just try it for a week where you just pray, you're just still, you're just alone with the heavenly father, you're alone with the spirit, you're alone with God. And did I say again, no phone, just nothing, no TV on, nothing. At most, you can take like a pad of paper and a pencil in case you want to write down some thoughts. And if you get some thoughts, you can go and examine them with the word because you are going to be conscious of some of the things that you're thinking and you need to do, you do need to challenge that with the word of God. But yeah, find a partner and do this. And I would also encourage you to think about your day and plan this ahead of time 
so that you have a, a couple of windows where you or time ranges where you can go and be like, all right, I'm going to do this at this time range. Maybe your phone can even go off, but leave your phone in a completely different room or separate space so you don't hear it vibrating or somebody calling you and you feel like you got to go answer it or it distracts you from getting right with the Lord and being all alone with him. Because I want you to think about this. When is the last time you were alone with God? Our culture wants us to be alone with our phone. It wants us to be alone with TV. It wants us to be alone with some type of entertainment. And I would challenge you when you're just waiting, waiting in line or just sitting down, don't get on your phone. Just just chill. Just sit there. See if you can do it. Try talking to God in those moments. Be alone with God. Don't be alone with social media. Now think about this. Jesus was God. But he did not simply use his divine power to recharge or stay focused. He didn't use his infinite knowledge to pick the apostles. Jesus got tired. He got sad, but he was strong. And the strongest person to ever walk this planet is Jesus. And he taught us something amazing. Amazingly, that's overlooked in our world, which is he shows us the importance of being alone and praying, being intentional about making time to pray and let the father speak to us and the spirit a chance to guide us. There were times that he prayed in the morning. There were times that he prayed at night. It said he spent a night praying. Other struggle Jesus faced, he faced this one as a man, a man who needed to seek the will of his father and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, just as we do. Who looks out for the strong? Who looks out for you? Know how to be strong. Take some time each day to be alone with God. No distractions, no phone, and just see how strong the Father can make you and the Spirit can empower you. And this is the Non-Microwave Truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Who Looks Out for the Strong? If you like this episode, share it with a friend, write a review, and don't forget about the two challenges that I gave you in this episode today. The first challenge was to check on people that you deem as strong or you know they are strong. Check on them. Ask to pray for them. Let them know that you are thinking about them. And the second challenge is 10 minutes a day for a week. Find an accountability partner where you just pray and you're just still. Do it. I've been doing this now for a few weeks and it has really allowed me to be more present and to be like almost at more peace. Things slow down. I can see things clearer. But yeah, do it. Do it and let me know how it goes for you. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out. <laughs>